or to be honest with you, five steps that God taught me mm. in the early days, which periodically he has to bring me back to again and again and again. Because it's very, very easy to fall back into walking by sight mm. and not walking right. by faith. There was a first year class that was listening to the teacher and she was attempting to explain evolution to the children and that God didn't exist. So the teacher asked one of the pupils and she said, Tommy, do you see the tree outside? And Tommy said, yes. And the teacher said, Tommy, do you see the grass outside? And Tommy said, yes. And the teacher said to Tommy, Tommy, will you go outside and look up and see if you can see the sky? And Tommy went outside, looked up, saw the, the sky, came back in, and he said to the teacher and to the class, yes, I saw the sky. And the teacher said, did you see God? Tommy said, no. And that's my point, said the teacher to the class. You can't see God because he doesn't exist. And then Jamie raised her hand to ask Tommy a couple of questions. And the teacher gave her permission to do so. And she said, Tommy, did you see the sky? And Tommy said, yes. Tommy, do you see the teacher? Tommy says, yes. Tommy, do you see the teacher's brains? Tommy said, no. Jamie said, then according to what we have learned today in school, she must not have one. <laughs> we walk by faith, not by sight. That's what distinguishes the true believer from a churchgoer or a nominal, what we call nominal Christian, or carnal Christian, or the natural man. The natural man, the mark of the natural man, is that he walks by sight, and not by the faith of God. The faith of God is a gift. It's not something that you err in. It's not something that is natural to you. It's not something you are born with. It is a gift. The gift of the faith of God is given to you as a believer in Christ. If you want a full life of working faith, we need to have certain things understood. You see, I'm a little bit inquisitive sometimes, and I ask God an awful lot of questions, because basically, I'm a duffer. Okay, that's basically where I'm at. I used, I, at one time, I couldn't walk. And I needed a special machine when I, was, when I was just a kid. 
And then they gave me special shoes that enabled me to walk when I went to secondary school. Anyway, cut the whole long story short, I was put back in my schooling by a couple of years as a consequence of all the times that I was spending. And that's my excuse for not sounding terribly intelligent. <laughs> but you don't need intelligence, you need an anointing. And the Lord taught me when we first started the work in the ministry in Perth. Because in the early days, it was all about salvation. It was all about loving Jesus. It was all about growing and developing and, 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 and getting a, a greater understanding of what he's done for us through the cross and through the shedding of his blood. And, and I love the scriptures. You know, We have redemption through the blood of Jesus to the forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. We are justified through the blood of Jesus. We are sanctified through the blood of Jesus. We have access to God through the blood of Jesus. We are, we are brought nigh unto God by the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. And all these types of things, I was slowly but surely grasping and learning. And then the Lord called us to go to Perth. Hands up anybody that knows Jackie Ritchie. Jackie Ritchie, from, he's now in glory. He's been in glory enjoying himself now for quite a number of years. And he stayed up in Wick, an evangelist, you know. And uh, Jackie heard that I was starting a work in Perth. And I had never met Jackie before. He was a deep sea fisherman. Mm -hmm. He would tell stories of waves that were 50 feet high, 70 feet high, and the way the boat would roll around in the waves. Oh, he would tell incredible stories. But Jackie phoned me up from Wick. And he says, is that Marvin Mullen? And I said, yeah. And I couldn't quite grasp his accent, you know. And he says, I've heard that you've just started the work in Perth, he says. You're... If you started the work in Perth, man, he says, you're going to need all the faith you can possibly muster to survive in that city. Do you know something? He told the truth. Because one thing I realised, Jane and I both realised when we started the work, we thought we had faith until we were confronted with the the, the, what was going on around about us in a demonic sense, you know, the, 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 because, well, I won't go into all that story about what Perth was like in those days. Things have changed quite considerably. Mm. But he did teach me five things, and I want to be pretty careful that for the short time that we have to, 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 to give you these five steps mm. that are important. Now, these steps I've never forgotten. It's not happened, it wasn't done on a blackboard for me, it was done as, as I needed to learn how to walk by faith and trust God and have working faith. We, we opened up a centre uh, in Perth, uh, we, we call it the Annex now, it used to be Jewish Whiskey's headquarters. Let me tell you a wee story. We, when we first went to Perth, the Lord said that he wanted us to go to the highest hill that, that looked over Perth and we were to pray every Saturday morning for one hour. 7 o'clock in the morning. But 7 o'clock in the morning wasn't the time to start walking up the hill. We had to be up there for 7 o'clock in the morning. And it didn't matter whether it was snow, sleet, rain, sunshine or whatever at that time in the morning. And we would just go up and guess when he asked us to do this? October. <laughs> I've never, this is one of the list of questions I have to ask God when we get into heaven. Why October to February? Why not May through to August? And what was roughly about 22 men 
whittled down very quickly to four and then to two. And we stood on the top of this hill and there were four hills that look over Perth and all we did was stretch our hands out and take authority over the demon forces because Freemasonry was big. Mm-hmm. Perth is one of the main seats of Freemasonry and uh, there's a whole a, a big prison. But one of the big things he had got us to pray for was the whiskey industry because you couldn't come into Perth without coming past a, a brewer's, a whiskey, whether it was Dewar's, uh, I can't remember all their names now, some of them have gone from me, some of you guys look like you've had some of it before. <laughs> but you couldn't come to the, into the Perth. All the four main arteries into Perth had a, a whiskey headquarters. And the Lord was saying that he was removing that spirit and he was going to put another spirit into the heart of the city. Now this we're going back to the late 1980s. So here we are for six months taking authority over Jews Whiskey's headquarters and over this Whiskey's headquarters and over that one and over this one. Week after week after week and throughout that and then the Lord said to us, well done. Do you know something? Within the space of 18 months, all four Whiskey distillers were closed. And there's not one single place in Perth now that's related to the whiskey industry. And then God brought us into, guess where? Whiskey. Dewar's Old Whiskey Headquarters. That's where we started the work as a, as a Christian ministry for the city of Perth. And as that work began to develop, we came a bit unstuck because we didn't understand why certain things weren't working out. And this is when God started to speak to me about faith, starting to show me the Lord. I didn't know that there were actual lessons uh, uh, or steps in, in faith, but looking back, I see it now. I can see why he did the way, the way things he did. This 80-year-old woman, we had the centre and um, we had a wee coffee shop and, uh, uh, oh man, it was, uh, it, it was a seed, it was a seed faith step. There was nothing big or fancy about it. But this 80-year-old woman uh, came into our wee centre and, and, she, and she had brought with her uh, a small card. And on this small card she had painstakingly uh, painted or drew and coloured in uh, a mustard seed bush. Now, I had never, uh, I didn't even know what a mustard seed bush looked like or anything, but she gave me this little card with this mustard seed on it, this bush, and then she wrote underneath it, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. Now she said to me, when she handed this card over to me, she said to me, son, I'm not going to be here to see what God is going to be raising up in this city. Now she didn't know that I was already considering backing off. And God was telling me, that if you have faith the, seed of a, uh, the size of a seed of a mustard seed, you'll be able to speak to this mountain. And I have learned over the years how to move mountains <coughs> and tell them to get up from here and go over there and see things going forward. You know, right now, right now, the ministry of PWAM, okay, people with the mission ministries, 
we, 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 we have access into the schools. We, we, we some, I don't know how God's done it, but we have access. A lot of the schools are shutting down on, the, on religious education, stuff like that. But we use our big double-decker challenger buses. 10,000 children every year are hearing the gospel. Yeah. 10,000. So far, nearly 90,000 children have gone through a complete gospel presentation and that with the blessings of all the teachers. The teachers are blessed seeing this. It's amazing what's going on. But 10,000, 70,000, 80,000 kids it's amazing. We've seen hundreds and hundreds coming to Christ over the years. It's amazing what God's done. And he's taken it just from one little soul and just expanded it. But the route of getting there was certainly not easy. Five things. Let me give you five quick lessons. The first thing to note about faith is the facts of faith. The first thing, all truth is built upon real faith. Faith is founded on the facts of God's word. There's nothing hairy-fairy, pie in the sky, out there somewhere in the great whatever. My faith, your faith, is based on a facts. It's based on the fact of the, what the scriptures reveal to us. Amen. Amen. Based on facts. It's based on the facts of God's word. It's based on the fact of God's promises. It's based on the fact of God's nature. And these facts are all in the unseen realm. Because they are unseen does not make them any less real. Just because you can't see electricity doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We can put your fingers into a plug and you'll soon discover that there's more power between the unseen than what there is seen. And that's the truth. The Word of God is more real than the visible created world in which we find ourselves relating one to another. The word of God pre-existed the world. And because it was through the word of God that the world was made. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, the word was spoken. The spirit of the Lord was brooding over the firmament. He was brooding over the earth. And the spirit of the Lord that was upon the earth wasn't doing anything except brooding. Because what was the spirit of the Lord waiting for? The word to be spoken. And the moment the word was spoken, the spirit went to work. Hallelujah. It says in the Hebrews 11 verse 3, sorry to mention, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention some scripture here tonight, but I live in the word of God. I just, I just live in the word. But uh, um, and Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, by faith, by faith, we understand that the world was created by the word of God, so that that which is seen was made 
out of things that do not appear. Amazing. Three men in a boat. A priest. An evangelist. And a minister. They're all in a rowing boat. And they're all out to the middle of this pond. And they caught nothing all morning. A few hours in the boat and they caught absolutely nothing. And then the evangelist, you would always expect the evangelist to stand up for us. And he stood up and he said that he needed to go to the bathroom. So he climbs out of the boat. And he walks on the water to the shore. And then he comes back 10, 15 minutes later, exactly the same way that he walked. And then the minister, I think he was Baptist, <laughs> he decides that he needed to, to go to the bathroom. So he climbs out of the boat and he walks towards the shore. And he took the same route and he came back again to the boat 10, 15 minutes later. And then the priest looks at both of them and decides that his faith is just as strong as his fishing buddies. And that he can walk on water too. So he stands up <coughs> and excuses himself. And he steps out and he makes an awful big splash down into the pond he went. And the evangelist looks at the minister and he says, I suppose we should have told them where the rocks were. <laughs> we walk by faith. Not by sight. Matthew 24 says in verse 35, it says, Heaven and earth pass away, but my word, my word will never pass away. Matthew 7, Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the rain comes and the flood comes and the winds blow and beat upon the house, but it did not fall because it had been built or founded on the rock, Christ Jesus. Yes. All faith, all faith, biblical faith is based upon the facts of God's word. So the first thing that I had to learn was believe the word. Yes. Get into the word. You cannot walk by faith and ignore the Bible. You can't walk by faith and ignore the word of God. You cannot, you, you cannot go into the realm of, of uh, uh, what's his name, um, Mr. Peel, uh, uh, um, the power of positive thinking. That's not faith. Biblical faith is faith in the facts. Of the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God is the facts of God. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? And we put our faith in that. Mm -hmm. The facts of faith. The second step that he had to teach me. 
was to put faith in the facts. Facts of the faith. But then he had to teach me how to put my faith in those facts. Hebrews 4 in verse 2 says, for good, this, um, uh, for good news comes to us just as unto them. But the message which they heard did not benefit them because it did not meet with faith in the hearers. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, by believing the word of God. We must bring faith to the facts. If it is written, that's the end of the matter. If the Bible says it, that's it. That's it. It's absolutely a God fact. Therefore, I will believe it. Does that make sense to you? We must bring forth, we must bring faith to the facts. We must accept, receive, and believe these facts. Mental assent to these facts is not sufficient. Too many Christians agree with the word. But they don't believe it. They say they believe it, but if they believed it, they'd be walking on water. Hallelujah. Or rather, they would be walking on the rock. Yes. It's below the water. Wherever it is, you're being asked to go in the purposes of God. Let me read you a wee story. It's quite an amazing story, really. And I think it's a lesson in faith. It's the it's story about Charles Blondin. Have you ever heard of him? He was a tightrope walker. And this amazing story of this character, a famous French tightrope walker, it's a credible illustration of what true faith is. Blondin's greatest fame came on September the 14th, and some of you may remember this, in 1860, when he became the first person to cross the tightrope on a, on a tightrope stretched 11,000 feet over a quarter of a mile across the mighty Niagara Falls. People from both Canada and America came from uh, miles around to see this incredible feat of this man walking and then cycling across this tightrope, half a mile above the surface. It's amazing. He walked across, 160 feet above the falls, many times. Each time he carried or did something different, a daring feat. Once in a sack, on stilts, on a bicycle, in the dark, blindfolded, one time he even carried a stove and, and, and cooked an omelette in the middle of this rope. He's a nutcase. He must have been a Christian. A large crowd gathered and the buzz of excitement ran along uh, both sides of the, of the river bank. The crowd were going on and on and cheers were rising for every feat that he did as Blondin carefully walked across one dangerous step after another, pushing a wheelbarrow, holding a sack of potatoes. Mm -hmm. then, at, 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 then at one point, 
He asked for the participation of a volunteer. Upon reaching the other side, the crowd applauded and was louder than ever before. And there was great, great roarings going on. And then suddenly he stops and he addresses this audience. Do you believe? Do you believe I can carry a person across in this wheelbarrow? Bearing in mind he had just taken a whole sack of potatoes. Oh, guess what the crowd shouted? Yes! You're the greatest tightrope walker in the world. We believe. Okay, said Blondin. Who wants to go first? Who's want to get into the wheelbarrow? Not many Christians want to get into the wheelbarrow. Oh, they're happy to cheer on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're happy to pat you on the back and give you accolades for doing this or for doing that. But they themselves don't want to get into the wheelbarrow and trust the one that does the pushing. Isn't it amazing? Well, you know something? This unique story, a real-life picture of what Faith actually is. Actually, in 1859, it's recorded that Blondin's manager sat in the wheelbarrow and was pushed across the other side. So somebody did it. He too must have been a Christian and was assured of his place in heaven. <laughs> they said they believed. But their actions proved that they didn't. You see, we have substituted mental assent for that word belief. But mental assent is not faith. So we have facts in the faith that I had to learn. I had to get into the word. And then God showed me how to put faith in the facts. If God said something... That's the end of the story. That will come to pass. But you know something? He put things in my way. Blockages, difficulties, challenges. The good, the bad, and the ugly was all in the pathway. But it was all there, not of evil, but of good, because it was to, to bring forth this precious measure of faith that was gifted into one's soul to operate into the glory of God. Then I had to learn how to bring my thinking into line with these facts. Yeah. And that wasn't so easy. We must now, it's one thing to be absolutely convinced of the facts of faith and then for faith in those facts. Now we had to reprogram the mind because constantly the mind said, I can't do, I can't do, I can't do. You see, I'm a duffer. I was raised up in tenements. I was raised up in a housing estate. I had no certificates when I left school. I was the opposite of this man. I struggled, constantly struggled. 
I was a, a, a caliper person, couldn't walk properly, and all this, and, I, and there was other issues to do with me, and, and I, I, I just didn't seem to fit in, and all that. There was a whole lot of stuff going on. There was a great inferiority. There was real issues of, of, of who I was surfacing. And now I had to train by the help of the Holy Spirit to think in line with the facts of who we now are in Christ Jesus. I mean, I stand back and I am absolutely amazed. I am absolutely convinced <coughs> beyond any shadow of a doubt that I have dual citizenship. I am a citizen of this nation, our beloved land, Scotland. I'm Scottish. But my other citizenship is with the kingdom of heaven. I have a dual citizenship. I believe absolutely, totally, uh, uh, completely. Those who know me well know that I'm not just saying words here. I believe that I've been raised up with Christ and been made to be sat with him in heavenly places. I believe I'm a king. I believe I'm a priest. I believe I'm in union with the Lord Jesus Christ who is the king and the great high priest. And in union with him and in cooperation with him, I'm ruling over Scotland. I'm praying and making intercessions and decreeing and prophesying over this nation of Scotland. I am absolutely convinced this nation is changing. And we're going to see a change of God. We're going to be seeing righteousness being exalted and iniquity being put down. We're going to see an intimidating spirit. We're going to see different. I'm telling you, we will. This year is a precious year. 2020, October of last year. The Lord said to me, Tell the people, tell the people. 2020, 2020 is the year of 2020 vision. Tell them to get ready. I'm raising up a kingdom of priests. I'm raising up a people that will pray and make intercession. Tell them I'm bringing them in to the purpose for which I saved them. I didn't yes. save them to forgive them their sins. I didn't save them just to wash them clean. I didn't save them just to get them to heaven. I saved yes. them to bring them to myself so that in union with me, yes. they will reign and rule with Christ yes. people on this earth. I represent heaven on earth. Yes. I'm saved. I believe the word. Yes. I don't just believe it, I'm stepping out in it. Yes, My whole yes. thinking has changed. I seek to continually keep this. I have to keep addressing this because the devil plays havoc with my head. I wish I had a smaller head. Maybe there would be less thoughts. But daily I find myself having to say to the Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to bring every thought, every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself above the true rule and the knowledge of Jesus Christ into captivity. I need you to do this. I need you to remove from me every illegitimate thought, every demonic thought, every thought of discouragement and despair and despondency. I need you to take these thoughts out. Yes, amen. Does this make sense to you? We need to know who we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. Our minds and, and self-image must be reformed in the light of the wonderful realities and the facts of the Word of God. You're not going to move and do anything for God until you're fully, fully persuaded that Christ
Christ is in you and that you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, and who you are in Christ. Yes, amen. Do you know something? I am so silly, so stupid. Every day I prostrate myself before God. Every day. Just after 4 o'clock in the morning, I place myself before God. And I minister unto Him. And sometimes I think I'm the only one. I know it's not true. He's got millions that are worshipping Him. I don't know how God does that. Isn't that incredible? But when you pray to God, you actually think that you've got all His attention. And nobody else is praying. You're praying at the same time that countless millions are praying. And yet, faith is operating. He hears me. And he's hearing a wee man from a housing estate in Dundee. There's only one thing you can say about Dundee go to Perth. <laughs> Listen, we do need to change our thinking about ourselves. We do need to get out of that realm of, 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 of victim mentality and the woe is me and realize that we've been clothed with the garment of salvation. We have been covered from head to toe in the robe of righteousness. We've been adorned with the garments of praise. And we have been we have been prepared and made ready to be kings and priests before a great and wonderful God. And we stand in his presence every single day by the goodness and the mercy and the grace of our God. Hallelujah. He just don't enter into his presence, you know, just falling out of bed out with a crumb and all. No, 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 no. You have been fully prepared and made ready to come before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then for him to want to pay attention. Oh, Lord, you spend time with Jesus, you soon discover what's important to Jesus. You spend time with the Father in heaven, and you will and you will discover what's important to him. And you will begin to change your whole way of praying, your whole way of thinking, your whole way of, of moving will change as a consequence. Have you ever thought? I mean, you, 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 some of you look like you're married. <laughs> and the influence of your wife is showing on you. I mean, I can't go out of the door without my wife saying, you know, have you, have, have you, have you, have you, have you all clean underwear on? <laughs> I put out socks for you. I don't want you going out looking like you're, you know, that I haven't taken care of you. I mean, we have been married now for nearly 40 odd years, I think it's coming up to 38, something like that. I'm in trouble if I don't know how many, how many years we've been married. But you know, she takes great care of me. There's an awful lot of Jane has rubbed off on me because I've been in her company for so long. And I think, I, I would hope that some of the good things of me have rubbed off on Jane. You spend time with someone, you're bound to be affected by that person. <laughs> Amen? Thinking in line with the facts. I'm trying to keep this pretty brief, pretty short. So I'm not going into any great depths on this. I'm just throwing it out to you. You know why I'm throwing it out? Because some of you need to hear this. I actually sat in tears this afternoon with my wife. Saying, this is far too simple. This is far, far, far too simple. Until I realized, actually, it's not simple. It's profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because no matter how long you've been on the road in the Lord, we need to be reminded constantly that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Because the devil is creating all kinds of things around about us that will cause us, if we fix our eyes on it, to have fear, troubled hearts, troubled souls. No, no, we need to be reprogrammed, as it were, instead of being slaves. Yeah to a, a, a victim mentality. We need to have our thoughts changed. We are to bring into captivity, into obedience to Jesus Christ, to the word of God. Every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself above the true knowledge of God. And we are to bring every thought into captivity. Hallelujah. Until that word rules over us. Praise the Lord. It only takes one minute to become legally free. We say, I gave my heart to Jesus. Well, I challenge that. Because we can't give our hearts to Jesus. He gave his heart for us. But I understand what we mean when we say it. So and I would say the same thing now and again. But it only takes one minute to become legally free when you're born again. But it takes much longer time to re-educate the mind. Isn't that what Romans 12 tells us? That we are to renew our minds. How? By the word of God. That takes time. That takes time. So many young ones today coming to a faith in Jesus, they're wanting to bypass the word. They want to get into all the technical stuff and, and all the fancy stuff, but they don't know how to open up their Bibles and study the scripture. And we're not teaching them how to study the scriptures. We're not teaching them how to compare scripture with scriptures. They're just coming to be spoon-fed. But we're not raising them up and maturing them so that they too can read the scripture and know that I could, I could, that scripture here, that's, I know what that means and I know what that's... Folks, discipleship. it's discipleship. That's the biblical word for it, son. That's the biblical word. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. So we have facts in the faith, faith in the facts. These are lessons that I've had to learn and I keep reassessing uh, myself along these lines, thinking in line with the facts. Jesus, James said to me when I was leaving the house, he says, have you got your, 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 your other shoes? I said, why would I want, she's meaning my training shoes, she says, why would I want them? In case you get stuck. I said, I ain't going to get stuck. Well, just in case you get stuck. I said, I'm not going to get stuck. I put them in the car anyway. I'm not going to get stuck. She says, have you got your coat? I said, why would I need a coat? Well, in case you get stuck and you've got to get out of the car. I said, I'm not going to get stuck. I said, well, I'm just looking after you. I said, oh, ye of little faith. As I carried my coat out and put it in the <laughs> You see, even that, you see, I'm being obedient to the word. Because the word of God says, Abraham was told by God, listen to your wife. It's the only time it says it in the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> and it's followed me for nearly 40 years. I read it early on in my Christian life and my marriage with Jane. And that scripture has never left me. It's scary. Listen to your wife. My wife needs to listen to me. Listen to your wife. 
So anyway, the shoes are in the car, the coat's in the car, and I wasn't stuck. Praise the Lord. What comes after you, you think? Thinking in line with the facts. Speaking. Oh, this is a biggie. Speaking in line with the facts. This is the fourth step. You see, I want to go to higher ground. Yes. God was calling me to come higher. Yes, I mean. And he says, if you're going to come higher and go beyond just seeing Christianity as the basis of your sins being forgiven, you being washed in the blood and having a ticket to go to heaven when you die, if you want to go and, and, and do things with me and for me, you're going to have to come into higher ground. Yes. You're going to have to raise the bar. Yes. You're going to have to take step one. And understand that faith is based on the facts of my word. And then you're going to have to take another step and put your faith that I give you, exercise the faith that I give you on that word. And then you're going to have to go another step higher. And you're going to have to start reprogramming, transforming, allowing me to transform your mind by the renewing of the word. Yeah. And then you're going to come to the fourth step and you're still not there yet. You're going to have to speak in line with the facts. It all comes back to the first point. The facts of faith. Faith is based on the facts of God's word. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 9. It says the word is near you. Where? On your lips. And in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips or with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. This seems to be rather important. This little hole seems to be rather important. Somebody said to me the other day, what's it like to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? If you've got some brethren here today, just shut your ears and don't get upset. <laughs> My problem is I've read the Bible. And I believe it. And I just want to walk in everything that God has for me. Yes, I'm not just being despised. I'm not being casual. I'm not being upset anybody. Are you with me? I've got some good pastoral friends that are not baptised in the Spirit. As I understand it, we got on great together. At least I think we do. Praise the Lord. But if somebody asked me about this, what is this baptism in the Spirit? And I took a little bit of time with it. I said, tell you something. Have you got a bath? Oh, yes. Everybody's got a bath. And I said, have you got a hole in the bath? Well, what do you mean? I said, if you've got a bath, you need a hole. What happens if, you, if, the, if, if the bath fills up with water? How's it going to escape? If it overflows, if it overfills, it goes through a hole. That's it, what's the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That's when you get more and more and more of God, and eventually it comes out through a hole. Yes. <laughs> you can't contain it, it comes out, it overflows. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an outflowing of the life and the power of God in Christ Jesus. Wanting to be a witness for him. Wanting to be a witness for him. The yes. baptism of the Holy Spirit is to enable you to be witnesses for Jesus. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Yes. Speaking in line with the facts, James chapter 3 and verse 5 says this. If we put bits, bridles, into the mouths of horses, that they may obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Look at the ship also. Though there are so great, great, and uh, the, the, they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. And then he says, "So the tongue is a little member." and boasts of great things. Another scripture says in Hebrews, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promises. He's faithful. Truly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, yes, he said that to me in 1989 through this 80-year-old woman. I've still got the little card. Mountain be thou removed. It's wonderful. If you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and, 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 and does not, uh, 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 and you don't disbelieve, it says, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for yes. you. Mm -hmm. Listen, let me say these words to you. If you're really listening tonight on this fourth step, mm -hmm. here's what God said to me way, way back. It's transformed my whole thinking on this issue of speaking in line with the word. He said these words to me. My words my words in your mouth are just as powerful yes. as my words in my mouth. Yes, same words. Yes. My words in your mouth are just as powerful. Is my words yes. mm. in my mouth. Amen. That's a statement and a half. Because the power is not in us. The power is in the word. Yes. And if you believe the word, I believe and therefore I speak. Yes. With the, under the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You speak what you believe yes. in your heart. You can't yes. stop it. No, you can't. You mumper, grumper, moaner, complainer. <laughs> you can't stop mumping, grumping and complaining because that's what's in your heart. <laughs> change the heart and you'll change your confession because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak. Yes. If you're a man of faith, you'll speak it. Yes. You'll be talking it. You'll be, people yes. want to be around you. Because you, you, you lift other people up, that's what yes. faith does. Faith lifts. Faith yes. lifts. Faith encourages. Yes. Biblical faith does that. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> For faith to be released in our lives, it must be 
confessed. We confess the realities of God's word where we stand with, when we, where we stand with him. If we put away grumbling, if we put away complaining, and put away words of defeat, That's right. and believe this Bible, believe the facts of Scripture, then I'm telling you, you are, a, you are a vessel God can use. You are a vessel God can use. The language of the kingdom of God is praise and thanksgiving and constant confession of God's good news. Now I'm not saying that we are deniers of reality. When I'm down, I'm down. I just say it to God. I don't expect to stay under the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I look to God and the spirit of the overcomer to rise in me. I expect the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And the strange thing is, the Holy Spirit Spirit only seems to speak to me the Word of God. Mm. It seems like the Holy Spirit and the Word seem to be in agreement. Mm -hmm. It seems that he does nothing except by the Word of God. Mm. He needs to hear the Word of God. I'm teaching our folks in our congregation, when you pray, pray Scripture. Yes, don't pray your imagination don't pray your feelings don't pray your own wants and your own desires and your own will pray the will of God yes, bring yourself into line with the word yes. get the word so richly dwelling in you that when you open your mouth it's the word my word in your mouth yes. it's yes. just as powerful as my word in my mouth yes. and some of them are picking up and running with it mm-hmm. and the last step oh Acting in line with the facts. James 1.22 Oh, be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And this verse scared the living daylights out of me years ago. Be not hearers only. But be ye doers. And he's not talking about being a doer Scot. (laughs) Be ye doers of the word. Here's what he says. Deceiving yourselves. Mm -hmm. That's what frightened me. That we can have a confession of what that word says and not act on it. And thereby deceive ourselves. That we think we are believers. Believers are actors. They act out on the word. They step out from the boat. They step out from the boat. That's the truth. I don't want to be deceived. What did Jesus, what did the the Apostle Paul say? The kingdom of God is is not in word only, mm-hmm. yeah. but in demonstration and power. Mm-hmm. And what did Jesus do? The living word, <coughs> three, years, three, three years or so on this earth, he demonstrated, he demonstrated the power of yes. the kingdom. And that's what we as believers yes. ought to be doing. Yes, mm-hmm. <coughs> 
I gave a wee bit of a teaching of this to some of our youth. Mm. And uh, because one or two of them were starting to think they can lay hands on people and just pray. And the Bible teaches us don't lay hands on people suddenly. So I thought they were a wee bit ignorant and a bit of a bit of attention. So I got alongside them and I said, look, five steps of faith. When you've got all five of these in position, you can lay your hands on them. When you know that faith is based on facts, yeah. when you put your faith in the facts, mm -hmm. when you bring your thinking in line with those facts, when you begin to speak in line with those facts, and you begin to act out those facts in your personal life, mm -hmm. then you can lay hands. That's true. Lay hands. Mm. In Jesus' name. The power of the Lord will flow through you. Jesus' name. Folks, this faith what we're talking about is not something that floats down from heaven. Mm. Use it yes, or lose it. That measure of faith that's been given to you needs to go from little faith to strong faith. Mm -hmm. There is something about the faith of God. The scripture says in, in, I think it's Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I think it is. It says... Uh, though, we, though we walk in the flesh, meaning the, in, in, the, in the natural man, though we walk in the flesh, it's no longer I that lives, it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And that faith has been gifted to me, entrusted to me. What do I do with this faith? Do I bury it? Like the one talent? Mm -hmm. Or do I <coughs> exercise it? Mm -hmm. You see, in those early days, <coughs> I was a bit silly. I asked God to help me to exercise his faith that he gifted me with. And I was in this meeting. And in those days, we didn't have very much money. But we still don't. We've got less today. James said to me this morning, what are we going to do? I said, well, we do what we always do. We confess our faith and our trust in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Our Jehovah Jireh, the mm -hmm. God who supplies all our needs. That's what we do. And we wait on God. Mm -hmm. And then in the second post, the second post today comes from Her Majesty's servants. The tax man. And I don't know how I got it, but I got a thousand pounds and twenty-seven pounds. I it. Okay, it was already in the pipeline, but then God already knows my needs before I even cry them out to yes. Him. Yes. It's all it all works. I'm telling you the truth. It all works. It works. It works. In this hotel, I only had five pounds in my pocket. It was a meeting I was hosting. 400 odd people would come into this meeting. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to give 
That five pound to that person, and he named the person. Mm. And I said, Lord, that's all I've got. I need to put fuel in the tank. Give that five pound. This is everyday stuff. Mm. <clears throat> now we believe God for over a million. Mm. But it started with five pounds. Mm -hmm. mm. Exercise it. That's right. Exercise it. cheaper and we could have got nicer homes if we went a little bit further out but then that would mean the church couldn't get in contact with us with, in, with ease so we stayed and we ended up with a rent of 800 pounds a month for the place that we were staying in which doesn't seem a big deal really but the thing was he was developing us all the time to exercise faith yes. That's what it was all about. It wasn't about the amount of the rent. It was exercising faith. It was developing faith until that became second nature. The five pound went to that person. Guess what I didn't know? That person had just been told prior to me being told that he was to give five pound to this other person. Five people passed on five pounds. And guess who the last one was to get a five pound? Yeah. Me. <laughs> As the Lord taught me, you will never lose out. That's right. You'll it's never true. lose out. <laughs> I tell you, it's marvellous. Our head ministry runs on tens of thousands of pounds a month. Our water bill for the centre, our water bill, £75,000 a year. No wonder I want to pray. God, we nationalise the water industry. <laughs> and that's not talking about the gas. That's not talking about the electricity. That's not talking about supporting the team. That's not talking about the big buses that go out. Mm -hmm. Seven miles to the car. <laughs> Five hundred pounds to fill up a tank. Oh, Lord, I tell the team, don't tell me when you're filling up the tank. <laughs> I had a finance meeting this morning with, the, with my team, and, the, and they were saying, Merv, we're really up against it for February. I said, thank God we've got a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a completely different lifestyle. It's not the way the world would live. You would top yourself if you didn't have Christ doing what I'm doing. <coughs> That's the truth. You put a wall around your neck and you would dangle from the nearest lamppost. <coughs> but what keeps you sane and keeps you moving on is that he has placed within you the faith of the Son of God. We live by the faith of the Son of God. I know a lot of modern versions have changed it to faith in. But really, actually, it's the faith of the Son of God. That's what's been gifted to me. And because it's been exercised, the danger for us is that as we get older, 
I'm 67. And as you get older, guess what? You just want a tad of an easier life. Sometimes I have a vision of a rocking chair and slippers and a wee little fire and my darling wife. Would you like a cup of tea? And would you like a wee scone? Oh, that would be lovely, darling. Oh, that would be beautiful. But you know something? That's not reality. It's not going to happen. Do you know something? He's called me into greater service for Yes, I mean. It took me six months or so to come to terms with. Six months it took me to come to terms because I knew what he was calling me for. And it meant more sacrifice. It meant more uh, faith, exercising faith and trusting him and all the way, and appearing to be going against the flow. Because God has been speaking to me about these last days mm. and getting ready for difficult times. Yes. When everybody else is preaching good times. Yeah. But the Lord is telling me something different. Yeah. And I have to prepare the congregation for that. And at the same time pray for a visitation and a revival, which will be, it's going to come, it's going to be short-lived, but it's going to be a powerful revival. It's going to be a national visitation. It's going to be a national revival. Yeah. God is going to be raising up within his church again this kingdom yes. of priests the kings and priests that will reign and rule with Christ yes. on this earth, hallelujah I'm excited for the days that are ahead as challenging as they might well be listen folks these are wonderful scenes, I wouldn't dare have them in my church it's difficult enough keeping them awake but the Lord called me into something far far more demanding. And what's the first thing he does after I say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. <coughs> yes, Lord. Yes, he takes hold mm -hmm. my right-hand man, mm -hmm. John Cameron. Mm -hmm. He called him home three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That's what? Why are you doing this? All I can do is trust him. Yes. I worked alongside John 28 years. He was a faithful Joshua. Mm. He was a faithful Elisha. John knows him. Absolutely faithful to the help. I can trust him, loyal. He can cover my back. All that. And the Lord just takes mm. And I said to the Lord, I'm all alone again. It's like the early days. And the Lord said to me, Exactly. Mm. Why you have allowed yourself to get comfortable? <coughs> mm. I'm just upsetting the nest a wee bit. Do you still say yes? What choice do you have? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. What choice do you have? Mm. He is worth it. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Folks, Amen. Nothing more to say. Mm. I hope you got something out of tonight. Mm. But I want to stir you. Mm. I don't care whether you're 50, 60, 70, 80, your age doesn't matter. That's right. Make your life count for whatever time you have ahead that God has gifted you with yes. and blessed you with.
Exercise that faith. Think about these things. Think about them. Consider them. Because one element of them may be the thing you need to address to bring it up higher. To bring it up higher. 2020 is the year of ever increasing clarity. 2020 vision. It's going to lift the mistiness, the fogginess, the cloudiness. Understanding of the truths of God's word is going yes. to dawn on us. The Father's heart is going to be getting revealed to us. Amen. The purpose for which we have yes. been saved and brought into wow. the kingdom yes. for yes. such a time as this yes. is going to dawn on yes. many. Yes. I tell you, the year 2020 is a year of an awakening. It's the year of awakening. Yes. And folks, I'm stunned by it because it's already happening with me. It's been happening since October. Things that I thought I knew, he's just made it even more clear what it means. Yeah. And I'm, I was going to say I'm dead excited, but that's not a good confession. I'm dead to sin and excited for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. There are men here who have sat back, pulled back, Give it up because of an ache, because of a pain, because of what doctors have said, because of family pressures, whatever. But God, out of this gathering, this mixed body of believers from different parts of the communities around this, this part of Scotland, I pray, raise them up and help them. Stir them to exercising the gift of faith that you've given to each and every one of them and bring forth this church of your dreams in these coming days. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.